0: Trojan fans welcome to the Parastyle podcast on a Wednesday today a solo podcast yours truly Ryan Abraham publisher of usfootball.com I'll be doing a solo podcast we had so many questions coming in this week coaching search stuff Oregon stuff rivalry stuff rivalry week stuff UCLA want to try to get to them all we had Dan Weber on we had Harvey Hyde on we still have a ton of leftover questions and, and a lot of them just specifically addressed to me so I wanted to do a solo podcast today I know it's a uh, The day before Thanksgiving, taping this on a Wednesday. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as I can, even though there's a lot of questions because I have a whole bunch of stuff to do. Deep frying some turkeys tomorrow. Looking forward to that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go at inside Troy. And to get a hold of the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or give us a call, 641-715-3900, extension 816-646. Or you can go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page and leave a voicemail for us there. You can go to itunes.com slash That's a great way to subscribe to the show. We'd really appreciate positive feedback there. Give us a five star review. That really helps the show. And any questions you said did try to keep them brief. We cannot play two minute voicemails. Anything over a minute, we're not going to play. Um, you know, multiple paragraph questions on email is just really hard to read. So please try to keep them concise and we'll do our best to get to all of your questions and concerns. And I'm going to just jump right in. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, Well, just real quick on the website. uh, Go to uscfootball.com. So we've had a bunch of stuff, practice updates from USC, getting ready for UCLA. We've got a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff on the coaching search. So our hot board, going to get a lot more updates. We've been doing, you know, uh, periodic updates. We're going to be doing basically daily updates to the coaching hot board. Any kind of little tidbits we can throw in there. We'll move some guys around. We've been doing that. So check that out. You have to be a subscriber. Uh, Member to uscfootball.com if you want to get uh, to be a part of that. But it's great stuff, great information on the coaching search, the best stuff out there. And we also do these coaching profiles. And Gerard Martinez, our recruiting uh, analyst, did a great one today on Chip Kelly. So check that on the website, too. So lots to get to there. And uh, there'll be questions about the coaching search in this whole thing. So I just have them all written down, and I'm just going to kind of go through as many as I can. There's some leftover Harvey Hyde ones. There's some generic ones. There's a whole bunch that were direct addressed to me. So I'm going to go through these quickly as I can. All right. First up, I haven't heard Mike Singletary's name thrown out as a possible head coach. I think his old school, I think he's old school, uh, hard nosed coaching style would be a perfect fit at the collegiate level. What are your opinion as of Singletary as USC's next head coach? Joe from Riverside. Joe, it's first question. I know you just sent this in and I'm not going to try to be too mean, but that's one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. Uh, Mike Singletary was a disaster in the NFL as a head coach. A disaster. It's fine that he's a hard-nosed football player. Just because you're a tough guy, if you're a bucket of nails, doesn't mean you're going to be a good football coach. He was horrible, horrible, horrible as the only time he's been a head coach in the NFL. And what what shows you how bad he was, when Jim Harbaugh comes in, completely turns it around right away. Like, completely, 180 degrees. So, Singletary, same guys, they are terrible. Harbaugh comes in, they go to the Super Bowl. So, Yes. Like that's no, he would be an awful, awful, awful idea. Get that out of your head. Just cause a guy's tough and you want someone tough doesn't mean they'll be a good head coach. Sorry, Joe. Don't try to be mean, but I got to be honest. All right. Let's go to Jarrett. Uh, he says that six foot five, uh, Gatorade high school player of the year and three years in the program. Oh, he's talking about Max Brown. Why is he not the clear cut, uh, future of the Trojans? Since attending USC, I personally have never heard any rants and raves or even high praise for the guy it has left me worried rather than the feeling I should feel confident. Um Part two of the question is, does Max ever wow in practice? You're the man, Ryan Jarrett. Yeah, so no, Max Brown wows us in practice. We talk about him often. We talk about him all the time. I mean, but he comes in and he was behind Cody Kessler. So uh, I think it's going to depend a lot on who the next head coach is. If it's a complete Spread, not just spread, but a running spread. Like Sark's not running a, you know, Sark didn't bring a running spread into USC. And if you look at what Chip Kelly's doing in the NFL right now, and it's, this is a great piece in the profile up on the site, um, it's not like a, it's a, you know, there's read option cut. There's not like where the quarterback is running a lot. Um, it's more of a passing kind of spread and they run out of the shotgun, but it's not really focused on the quarterback running. Um, he could do the same. He didn't really have that at Oregon. That's something he developed in the NFL. If he brought that to USC, uh Max Brown would be fine. It's similar, you know, similar to what he's running in the NFL. It's a lot closer to what USC runs now than what he ran at Oregon. Um but I think for me, to be honest, like if a guy like Chip Kelly comes in, maybe he looks at Sam Darnold and Max Brown and says who's the best guy? And that's the offense they'll run. They'll run one where the quarterback runs more, if it's Max Brown where he doesn't run as much. So I think it really depends on the head coach. Um he's got two years to play uh and he's actually going to graduate. Max Brown will. So he can transfer out if he wants to, and and, and start two years without sitting out in uh, another program. So Max Brown's in a good spot. Uh, my guess is he'll be the starter when USC plays uh, Alabama, but we, obviously we don't know who the head coach is yet, so that's a big factor in what's going on. But even a guy like Chip Kelly, people think, well, it won't be Max Brown. No, that's that's not the case. Watch what he did. He does now in the NFL. Max Brown would be fine there. All right. Let's go to Jeremiah. He says, I noticed on Saturday Coach Wilcox and Coach Hayward had to answer for their failures against Oregon. I was wondering if you knew why, uh if you knew what may have motivated them to address the media. Was this enforced by Clay, or do you believe this to be a voluntary action of the coaches? In addition to that, have you noticed any lack of support amongst the coaching staff seeing how Clay was not the head coach that brought them to USC, whether it be support of Clay uh, from the assistants or vice versa. Thanks again. Fight on from Jeremiah. Okay, so after the game, we grab whoever we can get. And typically the way it's set up is we don't get the assistant coaches a lot because we're go into a, a locker room or some some room a media room where Clay Helton will come out and a couple of players come out and they'll address us and while we're in there a lot of times the assistant coaches are, are done and they leave uh, but we made sure and this was a weird setup at Oregon so the locker room the area where we were talking to the media we talking to the coach to uh, Clay Helton and it was Sua Cravens and Cody Kessler was right across from the exit of the locker room. So we could see everyone coming out and we were all watching for Justin Wilcox because it was obviously a disaster of a defensive performance. Um, so when those guys came out, the media just swarmed around them and, and they answered questions. So they're, they're always available. Um, you know, after games, it's just sometimes it's not easy to get them. Now, sometimes they say, no, I don't want to talk. Usually coaches don't say that as much, but you know, players that are like, if they're down or whatever, they don't want to talk and you, you respect that. But yeah, no, it wasn't anything. Clay Helton didn't tell him the talk. Uh we just all made sure to grab them. And you try to grab the the important people after game and those guys were certainly that. Um as far as support um yeah, it's I mean there's a there's I don't say a division on the coaching staff, but there's definitely there's the group that came down from Washington with Sark and the people that were left over are new. Like uh you know, uh Chris Wilson or whatever the defensive line coach. You know, T Martin was there, Clay Helton was there. Um so yeah, I think there's a little bit of those guys might not be on the same you know page it, it looks like and everyone's got to look out for their own family and their own jobs right now especially the washington guys the guy that brought them to usc was fired so the only reason they're at usc is now gone um so i think everyone's just trying to do their job and it's really like you're you're trying to oppress whoever if it's the clay helton if it's the next head coach at usc you want to be retained or your next job somewhere else so i think everyone's just trying to do kind of their own thing you know and uh I, I don't see any, like, it's not like Clay's not supporting his guys. He's, he, Clay only said glowing things about everybody. So he's not going to say, I really hate that Justin Wilcock, he sucked on, on Saturday. He doesn't say that kind of stuff. So, um, Lane Kiffin was the greatest play caller ever, according to Clay Helton when he worked. And then start, Steve Sarkeesia was the greatest play caller ever. He just always has glowing things to say, but he's not going to say anything bad, disparaging about his guys. So, all right. Hopefully that helped answer your question, Jeremiah. Let's go to Tom in Hermoso Beach. That's where I live. So much emphasis has been placed on the head coach for USC. Maybe our problem is that we're not getting the best assistance. The head coach is great as a spokesman for the team and leader of the assistants and players, but if the assistants can't teach the players the fundamentals, create uh, effective schemes, make the right adjustments in the game, and motivate the players, what good does it do to have the head coach who uh, puts on a slick press conference? Uh, could Pat Hayden help, cl- uh, Coach Helton recruit some first-rate assistants and first-rate, with first-rate compensation? If we pay, pay millions to a big-name coach and skip on the assistants, who's to say we'll be better off next year? Tom and Hermosa Beach. I think it's a great aspect. And, uh, Lake Kiffin got a lot of flack, but I thought he hired a great staff. I thought he did. I mean, there was a lot of really good, uh, guys on that staff. And I don't, I've not been as impressed, which I like a lot of the guys on Steve Sarkeesian staff. I would not say that's an all-star cast of characters. It's all-star staff. Um, you know, when they had to go out and get a new offensive line coach, you get Bob Connolly who, you know, I, it's hard to judge offensive line play. People, are, oh, he stinks or whatever. And it's hard to say. I mean, that's I'm, I'm no o- offensive line expert. But he was a guy that's bounced around and been a lot of different jobs. Uh, you know, there was definitely questions about him when he was hired. Or is it a top rate staff? I mean, it's just not looking that way. I mean, a lot of people felt Justin Wilcox was this great up and coming guy. And I actually talked with a, a former USC assistant at practice the other day who's really high on Justin Wilcox. And he was asking me, the fans just hate him. I'm like, yes, they do. They, everyone tweets me about how much they hate him. And we, we kind of got into it. And he's like, oh, they're, you know, he talked about players, the deficiencies and stuff. And I told him like, you got to be more aggressive. I mean, last year they, they blitzed you know fewer times than anybody in college football. And you can't do that way. You have athletes, you got to let them play. So he saw my point and I saw his, but um I don't think this is really a top-notch staff. And when Sark came down for Washington to bring as many and Dan Weber gets on this a lot. I don't think he should have brought everybody from his staff at Washington. I mean, you're this is a step up. You can get, ah, I want to get this guy or that guy. Uh now maybe he just, you know, was completely enamored with all the guys on his staff and and fine. But I think that there's I think he did the, the program of disservice that he wasn't able to go out and get some bigger name guys to bring in. So yeah, no, the, the coaching staff is very important, but I don't think they're gonna hire you go out and hire, you know, Chip Kelly like we were talking about, and then well you can't have any assistants. Like that's just that doesn't make any sense. So um yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna be an issue. USA's always paid their assistant coaches well. I think more than just about anybody. Uh, but I like Kiffin's staff better than I like uh Sark's staff. Let's go – let's see. What's good, Ryan? I don't think Helton will be hired as a head coach for USC. I've been hearing some rumblings of Les Miles. What are your thoughts? So that happened the other day. Um, it was a really big deal for Les Miles because the reports came out, and it, it said, essentially looks like someone in the athletic department at LSU le- leaked that he wasn't going to be retained. He still has one more game with Texas A&M. Uh, he's got you know, the highest winning percentage of any coach in LSU history. If you look at LSU before Nick Saban, it was not a good program. Uh, and, and really the only thing he can't do is beat Nick Saban and no, but no one in the SEC can do that. So it's a, it's a really strange situation. I wouldn't call him a typical hot seat guy because really under the circumstances, he's not, he shouldn't be let go or bought out. His buyouts, $15 million just for him and then a few more million for assistant coaches and stuff. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that was going on with this. So, but it looks like everything we're hearing is after the game against Texas A&M, they're likely part ways and he could take a year off. He could do broadcasting. There's a lot of options for Les Miles, but I think a lot of programs are going to be after him. And I think USC would be silly not to look at that possibility because he's, you know, he's a national championship winning coach in college. Now he's a Midwestern guy. You know, not an SEC guy, you know, more of a, a Big Ten kind of dude, but you know, would he be a great fit out here? I mean, his personality with the LA media, I think would be awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of something like that. That's interesting. You know, it's not, people ask me all the time, who do you think? Who do you think? It's like, it doesn't really matter what I think. Who's, you know, I'm talking about, you know, who I think will work or whatever. It's not, I'm not giving you my opinion of, I think this guy would be, win the most games. I'm just trying to tell you like who I think could work. I think he could work, you know, I think, and it would be a really interesting, Uh, deal and it would be a a huge hire it would be a huge splash um usc is the you know there's a hierarchy in the pac-12 usc's at the top and it's not close and it doesn't matter if ucla wins five six seven in a row against usc they have to take that next step by winning the rose ball and winning a championship and stuff like that until that happens it's still a hierarchy and still usc at the top when you hire a guy like les miles you're just gonna dominate. I mean, it's just it'll be dominating the headlines. It's the biggest deal in the Pac 12, and you dwarf anything else that's that's going on. You bring in Chip Kelly, everyone's saying that. Like, oh my God, the rest of the Pac 12 would be shaking in their boots to bring in someone like that. So there's big, big names out there. So when you throw out Mike Singletary at me, this is why I'm saying, no, that's no, that's terrible. That's not someone that everyone's gonna be shaking in their boots. A guy that failed miserably in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh came in and cleaned up his mess in about 10 minutes and fixed everything. So that's not the kind of hire you want someone like a Les Miles. Who could, uh, any of these guys could fail. Chip Kelly could come in and fail. Les Miles could come in and fail. Anyone you hire could come in and fail. But those are the big names with like lots of success behind them and lots of reasons to believe that guy can win. Not just cause he's tough, you know? All right. Speaking of my opinions, which I don't like to give on, on the coaches of how they do. Tarek says between John Harbaugh, Jimbo Fisher, Bob Stoops, who would be the best fit at USC? I mean, those are completely different names. They, I, th- I think they could all have great success. You know, Bob Stoops won a national championship. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl. I mean, bam, those are great, great names. Like, I don't see, I, you know, it's, I, I don't see one being way better than the other. There's differences, you know, uh, there's just, everyone's going to have a different challenge kind of coming in. Harbaugh being that, you know, never been a head coach in college. Um, but I like the fact that he's never been a coordinator either and would probably get, I'm going to get the best offensive coordinator I can get, I'm going to get the best defensive coordinator I can get and let them coach. And if for the other coach, the question from Tom had about assistance, like, that's a guy you know is going to have great assistance. Now, he doesn't have college guys on his staff. Chip Kelly has a bunch of college guys. So there would be some, you know, he'd have to make some hires of guys that know the college game, got, you know, big recruiters in, in California and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that answers your question, Tark. I think those all would be great guys. uh, Marcel, being in a major metropolitan area, USC has never had a minority or an African-American uh, head coach. I need somebody at the helm with intensity. Last year, I email- emailed you about Mike Singletary. Oh, is this the same one? Hopefully not. I just watched his profile on Football Life. Right now, I can't think of anybody else who has the fire and passion that would use USC as a stepping stone to get back in the NFL. I believe it would be a great hire. We would bring some discipline, uh some intensity and some fire to a beleaguered program. Now Marcel, I'm totally on board with uh minority hires. I just I think you just hire the best guy. I was big on Kevin Sumlin a couple of years ago, I thought they should have brought him in. Um there's I think there's candidates a, a lot of the candidates right now for this year just don't seem to be of the minority persuasion and I think that goes all the way back down to high school, college. You you have to get uh you have to give minority coaches opportunities. And if they're not getting those, then they can't advance and, and move on. So a guy like Tom Herman, who was the offensive coordinator for Urban Meyer, you know, he's moved on to Houston and won a lot of games and everyone's all over him. I think they would be all over him if he was white, black or Asian or whatever it is, but he's a, you know, he's not. So you have, he's, he's a white guy. I think you have to get these guys have to get more opportunities. So I don't, but you know, you have to make sure it's the right fit. You have to make sure they're qualified. I don't – Mike Singletary's been an NFL head coach. I mean, I guess you could say he, he's been an NFL head coach. He's qualified to run a college program. In my opinion, he's not qualified to run USC because of all the other reasons that I stated before. I mean, he was a, a complete failure. He would be so far down on the list. Um, I just don't – now, he could be hired by USC and have great success. I just don't think the odds of that happening are very good. The reason – I mean – He's had he got a chance in the NFL and it was awful and he alienated players uh who was the Ver, Vernon Davis I think it was like the, the you know all-star tight end that they just didn't see eye to eye they were you know and and Harbaugh comes in and everything's like wonderful and Harbaugh made some big moves like you had Alex Smith who's still starting in the NFL decide to dump him and go with Colin Kaepernick um I mean Harbaugh came in and did a lot of things now Harbaugh's uh, you know great's on you after four years or whatever it was, people just didn't even want to be around the guy anymore. We'll see what happens at Michigan. Now he's like the hottest head, you know, head coach in college football right now. Um, you know, one at Stanford, one at San Diego, one in the 49ers. That's a head coach. That's someone that changes the culture that gets guys to win. He's intense, you know, Mike Sickleterry is intense. That didn't work. It, it, you know, it just, he was a bad head coach. Now could he change? Could he? Yeah. But no, he's not. I don't even know what he's doing right now. I'd have to look it up and see where he is, but yeah, I mean, what is he retired? Is he, you know, I'm not even sure I'd have to look him up, but yeah, yeah, that's not the kind of guy. There's no reason to hire Mike Singletary. What has he done as a head coach that makes you go, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. He's tough. He's got those crazy eyes. Like there's plenty of guys like that that are, we don't have no, any idea how good of a coach they are. So yeah, there's no, that's such a risky, terrible, terrible, awful, awful idea. So sorry, Marcel, just trying to be nice. Or not, <laughs> I'm just, just trying to be honest and not trying to be mean, but that's, uh, yeah, get that out of your head. No more questions like that, please. Uh, Rafi in Glendale, you've previously said uh, one of your own criteria for the USC head coaching position should be for candidates uh, to not be on the hot seat or have been fired from their last head coaching job. Would you make an exception for Les Miles if he were let go from LSU? Let's assume for argument's sake the NFL names don't pan out. Yeah, Rafi, I kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh The guys in the NFL, you have to be, they'd have to want to come to college. And so the Chip Kelly stuff, it seems like neither side's really happy right now. So it would mostly be like a mutual decision like, hey, Philly will let you out of your contract or whatever it is, or there's a buyout or something. We're going to part ways. John Harbaugh, it would be same sort of thing. Or, you know, it. You know, and yeah, maybe they get fired, but it's more of a, it's just they don't want to be there anymore. And it's just kind of, you have to work something out for Les Miles. I mean, I guess that would be an exception, but most people outside of LSU think this is the silliest thing in the world for him to be fired. So it's not like he's had the program. They were number two in the country at one point this year. So that that's not a, the generic hot seat that I was talking about. He's on a hot seat because of a, a fan base that. Is willing to pay $15 million to kick out the winningest head coach who's still winning right now, um, in the program. So yeah, I, I wouldn't count that as like a, a hot seat sort of thing. Yeah, technically it is, but to me, you know, you were number two in the country this year. Like he, he's having, you know, it's, it's not like he's having this horrible four and eight kind of season. So yeah, I, I wouldn't really count that. And he would be really interesting, I think, at USC. Lamar in Lancaster. Man, we got a lot of questions. Hello, Ryan. Seems that USC has repeated this season over and over for the last six years. It will be corrected soon, and it will have to start with defense. SC may take their lumps with the new staff in the first game of 2016, and those lumps will build character and a toughness moving forward into next season. Once they establish that grit and toughness to go with the more aggressive defensive scheme, the team will play more uh, competitive brand of football. Currently, it does not feel... We can beat a finesse team like Ducks, and that's not good. Lamar from Lancaster. Yeah, I do think this – that's why – part of the reason you need this big hire. You have to change everything, the culture, the landscape. I, yeah, Clay Helton's a cool dude. Even if they go and, and make it to the Rose Bowl, I just still think you have to clean house. I think you just, like, move everyone aside. Uh Now, they, they'll still consider Clay Helton if he makes it to the Rose Bowl. I mean, it would be a great accomplishment, and – you know maybe i don't know i mean that's it, still a possibility for sure it's not like it's dead we still have him on our hot board prominently he has a lot that he can do they haven't looked good the last few weeks uh, even in the comeback wins um but i in my opinion yeah you got to build some you change the whole culture and you have to establish toughness and you have to be more aggressive on defense you have to let the athletes play and they just you're not seeing that right now from this team so it's not Clay Helton's fault. I mean, it's a staff he inherited. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on. Um, but I, I do think you need to change the culture. And if they feel that Clay Helton can go in and change it and like, I'm changing all this stuff. I'm the head coach still. These guys are gone. I'm bringing these guys in. Here's what we're changing scheme wise. You know, if that's the way the administration feels, then I guess that's, you know, worth a shot, but I think it's probably better at this point to go outside and, uh, and go outside the program and, and start afresh. All right, Lamar, thanks for that one. Uh, this question could be posted, uh, I'm sorry, could be posed to any, uh, USC coaching candidates mentioned so far, but I will direct this at the speculation of Les Miles as a candidate. Do you think, considering LSU's offensive struggles and USC's need for continuity, that Les slash any other candidate would be willing to keep Clay Helton on board in some sort of offensive capacity? I feel this would be a good move if for no other reason than to maintain some, uh, of the unity amongst the current players, and incoming staff? If so, do you think he would opt to stay or do you think he would rather pursue endeavors elsewhere? I only ask because he was retained uh from the Sarkeesian staff. Uh Thanks for all you do. Fight on, uh Jeremiah. Yeah, so I, too much talk about assistant coaches. Um You have to hire the head coach first. I don't think if you think about assistants, you're like, well, what about this guy for defensive coordinator? I'm like, well, who's the head coach? Everything depends on the head coaching hire. That's number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Assistants are way, way, way down the list after that. You have to get the right guy at the top. Top priority. The only priority right now. Now, they might keep a guy or two on staff to 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 help with that transition. Um, a guy like Clay Helton would be interesting. I don't think he would be um, if they hire someone else. I think he's a guy that would stick around for the bowl game and still coach that unless he got another head coaching job somewhere else and decided to leave. Where Ed Ordron was just like, I'm out. And I, I again, I don't blame Ed Ordron for what he did. I think he deserved more than what he got from the administration. I, he was seriously hurt. He put everything he had into it. And, uh, I, I get what he's saying. So a lot of people were critical of Ed Ordron, you know, quote unquote quitting. I, I was not. I, I, completely understand what he was doing there. I, I think there's a more of a chance of Clay Helton would stick around unless he got another job, but also his, you know, if he finishes fairly strong, his resume is pretty good and someone else could hire him. Like, you know, Memphis, where he was for 10 years, I believe. Um, if Justin Fuente goes somewhere else, I think there's opportunities for him. So yeah, I mean, he's someone that I think would consider, uh, you know, next head coach, one of the guys that could consider keeping on. I don't know if he'd want to stay on again for a, you know, third head coach, uh, really a fourth head coach because he was offensive coordinator for Giffen and for Orgeron. And for Sark, and then this would be a fourth guy. Not sure he'd want to, you know, continue to do that. It, it really would be up to him, but don't worry about the assistant coaches so much. Like forget the assistant coaches, worry about the head coach and don't even worry. I mean, just that's what you should talk about though. When you say, well, what if, uh, we got Clancy Pendergast, it's like, well, who, who's the head coach? Like the head coach is the most important thing. The most, it's not even close. So worry about the assistants after the head coach. If that makes sense. All right. Thanks, Jeremiah. Uh, let's see. Another Les Miles question. This question is regarding Les Miles. You have shared your opinion about USC coaching search that do not consider coaches on the hot seat, uh, or about to be fired or have been fired. Um, then why are you interested in Les Miles? He had a similar or more talented team than USC and still underperformed. And that's Polani. Um, yeah, no, I mean, first of all, it's a very different environment in the SEC. they without Alabama, If you took Alabama away, LSU would probably have won another championship or, I mean, he's, he's done some really good things there. They're very talented. I think they play to the strengths of the region, which is big, fast, defensive linemen, you know, running backs. They run the football. I would be interested to see what Les Miles does on the West Coast where you can get quarterbacks. You can, you can run a different style play and you're the alpha dog. He's at the top of the, the heap as far as the hierarchy goes in college football. On the West Coast. If Les Miles was at Alabama, would he be winning a lot more? I mean, just because it's Alabama. Now the competition is, is so fierce in the SEC. It's not the same on the West Coast. USC gets a home run higher and it's just cruising and you can crush everybody. I mean, that can really happen. We saw that happen with Pete Carroll. They're trying to get back to that. Um, I think the whole Pac 12 is still going to be better. Will USC be able to win, you know, seven straight Pac 12 championships again? Probably not. I mean, it's, it's such a competitive environment, but he knows. It would be like Les Miles jumping to Alabama, but you put Alabama or Ohio State more like it, where they're the, the big alpha dog, uh, in the Big Ten and USC is the big alpha dog in the, in the Pac 12. So I think that it's, it's hard to compare. Yeah. They underperformed as far as, um, offense goes and stuff. They would have to get a good offensive quarter. You're, you're changing cultures. It's, it's definitely a different mentality. You're playing to your strengths down there. And uh, unfortunately, LSU strengths are kind of like what Alabama does, just not as strong. The teams that can give Alabama trouble are teams that throw the football over the field and, and great quarterbacks. And there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the SEC right now. And, uh, you know, it's a run force kind of thing. So it would change the style for sure. If you think it's just going to run an LSU kind of deal at USC, it's, I don't think that would work either. Uh, is it, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. So I think this was another Les Miles one. Is it possible he could be a candidate? And if so, Could Ed O be on board too from Percy? Um, you know, I talked to Bruce Feldman talked about this on his podcast a little bit. He knows Orgeron really well. Orgeron loves playing for less miles and he loves, I mean, uh, coaching for less miles, but I think he loves being at LSU and being down there. He does. I know he is aspiring to still be a head coach and there's some openings or potential openings around the country. He put his name in the hat for the, um, the Syracuse job that opened up. So I don't know if he would come back as assistant to USC. You know, maybe, I mean, I think there's a possibility, but I don't think it's like a great possibility because I think there's, he's got other things he wants to do, but it would be interesting to see if Les Miles came back and Ed Orgeron did, uh, came with him. They played Alabama in the first game of the season. That would be some, uh, good, good work there. All right. This is for, uh, you or Coach Hyde, not USC specific. Is it the four team playoffs still essentially a beauty contest? that has the net effect of hurting college football generally for the sake of three huge dollar games, two playoffs and a championship. I mean, fans and players across the country feel crappy about nine or ten win seasons just because they aren't in the Final Four. I know this will never happen, but wouldn't college football in general be off just uh, acknowledging that it's not a sport that's conducive to a true national championship and go back to great uh, traditional conference and bowl alignments? Tyler and Samanish... Uh, Washington. Yes, old guy 61 who remembers dozens of fabulous Rose Bowl games. No, I completely disagree with you. Um, I think going from the BCS to the playoff was awesome. The, uh, people that were against, you know, playoff said, oh, it's going to diminish the regular season. It's made the regular season even better. They do this top 25, which is a complete TV show sham every, you know, Tuesday of the college football playoff rankings and it moves around. And I like, there's, you can, uh, criticize the committee, but I like the fact that the committee really says they're going to tear up the rankings every week and move guys around. So teams win and they still, they'll drop. Um, so you saw Notre Dame drop from number four to number six and they won. You know, it was a close win, but it's the whole resume. It's the whole body of work. And I kind of thought Notre Dame would get jumped, even if they beat Stanford at the end, would get jumped by Oklahoma if they went out on the last weekend. The fact that Oklahoma jumped up that quickly uh, on Tuesday was a little surprising to me, but I I love it, and I think that just because you don't make there's all the New Year six bowls, so those are uh, those are great bowls to make at too. You still want to play for the Rose Bowl, USC even though they're not in the playoff right now, they're fighting for the conference championship, they're fighting for the Rose Bowl. Um, so yeah, I I I don't think that that hurts college football at all. I think it helps. Um, I would I'd love to see eight where you're not talking about. A Pac 12 champion being left out or a big 12 champion being left out. Um, I, I don't think fans feel crappy about a 10 win season. I think there's a lot of things, you know, college football is on the rise. It's, it's growing college basketball in general. I hardly even watch it anymore. And I talked to so many people that were big college basketball fans and they're just not into it as much. It's the product is not gotten better. Um, I think that the NBA drain, there's just a lot of things that is just not making it as good of a sport as it was. Um, it's not just because usc hasn't been good actually the Trojans are four and0 right now I think both men and the women are are that but college football is growing in popularity this the playoff is not hurting it's definitely helping um, the, the the regular season means even more there's more talk to talk about there's more uh controversy so yeah Tyler, I, I disagree with you hundred um, percent I don't want to see it go back to the way it was I think the playoff it's not like excluding anybody so you know they talk about making the playoff, but the teams that still have a chance, I think Stanford would be still be tickled pink to make the Rose Bowl. And they still have a shot at the playoff, even with two losses. So that'll be fun to kind of watch too. So many different uh just avenues to to go down and so different paths you can take. So much, you know, intrigue. I love it. I think it's great. So I, I definitely would not go back. Uh let's go. Curtis wrote in you can't let Vernon Adams or Josh Rosen stand in the pocket, bake cookies, and carve us up. I hope everyone saw those back-to-back sacks in the second half. We sent so many guys at Adams. He couldn't do his fancy moves. He got hit and went down hard. But, oh, he said blitz. Uh, this is what we should do on 90% of the time. Teams with less talent than us get away with it. Our DBs are getting beat anyway. Hit the QB every down. Remember, if we beat UCLA, we would have to play against a primarily running team. I'll take that against Stanford or Iowa or Ohio State. Fight on from Curtis. No, Curtis, I agree with you 100%. This team does not take enough chances. They don't blitz enough. You're not letting the athletes go out and make plays. When they're dropping, you know, seven, eight guys in coverage and you're still getting guys wide open by 30 yards and breakdowns, you're, you're coaching scared. You're, co- you're trying to protect, like, well, you're worried about this happening. You're worried about this happening. You can't coach worried. You can't coach scared. You have to just go out and attack. Like, well, if you blitz, then they could get, the, it's like, no. That's when you have the most success. When you're rushing the, the quarterback, when you're putting him on his ass, that's when this team has the most success. You saw it the you know late in the third or early fourth, whenever it was, against Oregon. You got to do that. Now Oregon adjusted and they, they they threw a screen that was really nice. You kind of dump it over the top of the blitz. But that's that's gamesmanship. That's the chess match. But you have to make them do something different. And USC was not making them do anything different through you know more than half of the game. So force them to start running screens, force them to change what they're doing because you're bringing so much pressure and you're knocking the guy on his ass. And they haven't been doing that. In my opinion, they're just not aggressive enough. And when you're worried that, well, this guy's going to be left on an Island and get beat, he's getting beat anyway, when you're dropping guys in the coverage. So you might as well force the issue at the point of attack and let thing let the chips fall where they may. It's not going to get worse. I mean, the guy threw more touchdown passes against USC than ever anyone's ever has in history. So yeah, I think that's the wrong approach. I don't think it's a, you know, well, we could have did this. We could have. I think that's just a philosophy problem where you were, should have been more aggressive and that they weren't. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Garrett says uh, there really needs to be a complete change in the culture of USC football team. For too long, we have been an undisciplined, poorly executing, underachieving team that is just not well coached. We see the same mistakes and poor execution year after year. And it's time to get some new blood in here to change this culture of mediocrity. Coach Helton seems like a nice guy. The players love and all, but that's exactly what USC doesn't need right now. Someone who will continue the, this terrible cycle. Uh, what we need is the, a complete break from the coaching staff and their philosophies and to start fresh with a new staff. Uh, sorry, that will, inst- a, new that will inst- a new staff that will instill discipline and accountability. He says, only then will the culture of the program change and we will fully realize how good these talented teams can be. Thanks and fight on. From Garrett and Garrett, yo, know, hey, Garrett, great points. It's not like we're, uh, you know, disagreeing on any of that stuff. The whole, um, players love the coach. I mean, they love Al Golden. Uh, they love Brady Hoke. There's a lot of coaches that were loved that were bad. And I'm not saying Clay Helton's bad, but just because the players love a coach doesn't mean that's what you need to do. And I'm not, again, I'm not going to say, well, you need a disciplinarian. You need a this, you need a that. You need a a winning coach who has its own. Philosophy, his own mindset, He's going to do things his way and not try to fit in to some culture that exists at USC. You know, um, I think there's certain things you're not going to change. Where it's in LA, are you going to try to run it like it's Tuscaloosa? There's differences. You know, there, 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 there's going to be a difference there. But you have to have your own. If it's you're the tough guy, you're Jim Harbaugh, and everyone, uh, you know, runs through walls for you, that's great. Or whatever it is. If it's Mike Leach, I mean, I'm not saying you're shy or Mike Leach, but and it's this. Crazy passing attack where you have tons of success and you're bringing in wide receivers or whatever. It's like, that's his philosophy. So you're going to recruit a whole bunch of receivers and, and no fullbacks and, and no tight ends. I mean, whatever it is, you have to let that coach, whoever you think is the best hire, you have to follow what his philosophy is. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, and I think they really do need a change. That's, that's just my opinion. Robin in Virginia. Thanks for the podcast and all you do to keep us connected to USC football, even with a hard loss. Justin Wilcox says, he has to look at the tape to figure out what went wrong. Clay Helton offered up um generic platitudes and cop-outs. At this point in the season, shouldn't the coaches know what the problems are and have already fixed them? The players know what's wrong. Helton and Wilcox should listen to these podcasts because we all see it. Why don't they? It's their job. Thanks again and fight on, Robert and Virginia. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I think, you know, coaches aren't trying to lose. I think they're doing what they feel is the best. And I think sometimes they can be very stubborn. Uh, coaches are, I think people in the media are, there's a lot of us that are very stubborn out there. And there's a, there's a reason behind USC not being aggressive as aggressive on defense. And we saw Steve Sarkeesian talk about getting defensive on the radio. We, I was on, we were both on Steve Sarkeesian and I were both on with Steve Mason and, you know, and I had wrote that piece and Sarkeesian wasn't really happy with me after I wrote last year that they blitz the fewest amount of any, you know, uh, power five team. Um, he came on and said, we ran 43 or something percent of pressures. And I came back and I had the numbers and I disagreed with him, you know, and, you know, told, uh, Steve Mason, like that's, you know, here's what they do on a drop back pass. They were blitzing about 30% of the time. Now, is there a reason behind that? Yeah. And, and the problem is a lot of us in the media or a lot of the fans too, don't agree with the philosophy behind the reason. Why? Because the reasons why you don't blitz more is because you're worried about blah. And just because you look at this team and like you have athletes, let them go, just let them loose and let them make plays. That's what, in my opinion, would fit this team the best because you have good athletes. They're kind of out there thinking and being confused and trying to fit into a scheme and it's not working. And yeah, maybe if everyone ran the scheme perfectly, your scheme would be great. But you have to see over and over again, they're not running your scheme perfectly. They would be better off if you just let Sue Craven just go do whatever he wants. This defense would be better. If you said, hey, uh, blitz every time, I think the defense would be better. Now you're going to get burned sometimes, but you're getting burned now. Um, so, yeah, no, I think a lot of it is when you're talking about a team and a philosophy, there's reasons behind it, the initial decision, and it's hard to get a coach to change from that initial decision. They feel in the beginning of the season like I don't like this personnel group, and I, I just don't. I don't feel comfortable blitzing because of blah blah blah. That's hard to change their philosophy. Even if you realize, well, when we do and we get pressure, it's like a way better defense. So let's figure out ways to do it and take a few risks and let some guys be on an island or let this. You know, when you're the, <laughs> it's already happening that you're getting burned, and the last three quarterbacks have been torching this USC secondary. So you have to get aggressive. If they don't do it against Josh Rosen, he's going to pick him apart it'll just be crazy. You have to get him off his spot, force him to do things that he's not comfortable doing. Um so yeah, thanks for that one Robin of Virginia. We actually had uh I think there's four more questions. These are all for coach Hyde, but I we didn't have time to get to them, so I'll try to answer them real quick. Jamal, he said, uh so this is for coach Hyde. You're spot on your evaluation of the offense. I've been saying we are running an offense that we don't have the athletes necessary to keep a defense from crashing on the backside. This is where the next coach will have to install a pro-style system. We'll have two years of Max Brown. The offense doesn't materialize. Uh, this offense doesn't uh, maximize what he can do. Uh, there has got to be uh, much better play designs that give all the great athletes the ball, not only juju, and oppose our will in the run game to control the game. What do you think, Jamal? Um, no, Jamal, I mean, I, I don't think you have to say, well, you need to install a pro-style offense because Max Brown is there. You can't hire a coach or a bring a style because you have a quarterback who's going to be a redshirt junior and has two years left in the program. You can't make a coaching decision because of one player. Um And you can't make a coach, you know, well, we're only going to hire a pro-style offensive guy. Well, what if Chip Kelly wants to come? I mean, he would probably kick ass. So I don't think you have to say we need this kind of system. We need a defensive this. We need a blah, 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 a discipline, like, no, you want to hire the best head coach possible. And if you have to run a pro style, great. If not, I mean, then you don't run a pro style. I mean, there's not a lot of colleges do that. Now, USC can, and maybe, you, you know, you feel like that's the, the only direction you can go. But you're telling me it's like an awesome, great, uh, amazing head coach is available, and he doesn't run that style of offense you want that you wouldn't hire him? I don't buy that. Bill in Vegas. I've been frustrated by the lack of progress of our defensive backs considering the level that they are at when they arrive at USC. As highly touted as they are, they still need coaching to carry them to the next level. In high school, most of these guys could get away with things technically because of their sheer athletic ability. Uh, at this level, they cannot. It's not a new problem. I feel the only time we have really seen the defensive backs show progress was the short time that Sammy Knight came in to help out several years back. One other thing, is anyone else tired of Arbo's nearly – uh, weekly rants about how our players are not shaking hands after the game. Bill in Las Vegas. Um I don't really get to listen to the broadcast, so I'm not sure what Peter Arbogast was saying. Um We do see players come. It's kind of an informal thing when they shake hands at, at midfield, just on that. And yeah, no, I think player development, not just in defensive backs, but all across the board has been lacking, for sure. And it's a real issue. And I think a guy like Iman Marshall, some people feel he's playing out of position. I think he could play cornerback, but it doesn't look like he's all that comfortable. I think they're working on it. But yeah, I I agree. I mean, Adore Jackson hasn't looked as good as he did when he was a freshman. I'm not condemning him like some of the people are really coming down hard on him. I'm definitely not doing that. But does he look like he's a better corner this year? I don't think he does. Um and that's something you gotta you gotta work on. And I I like uh Keith Hayward a lot. But there's, you know, there's some There's definitely some improvement that could be made in the secondary for sure. I don't think it's all his fault or all just a Wilcox, but it's a whole thing. And something's not working right. That's why I think you just have to. This is just there's too many bad things going on. You have to you have to make some changes. Uh let's see. Derek, he's a USC social work alumni in Redondo Beach, so he's my neighbor. Do you need a mobile quarterback to compete in the Pac twelve? No. Uh, it seems that Kessler's lack of ability. That's that's a quick answer to the question. Seems like Kessler's lack of uh, ability to evade a pass rush and make a defense pay by running for a positive yardage. The opposing front seven never has to respect their quarterback's ability to pick up the first down if they lose contain. Vernon Adams' ability to scramble hurts us on third down more times than I'd like to count. Even Kevin Hogan in Stanford pro-style offense has the ability to break big runs when the opposing defense overcommits. Cam Newton's mobility won a national championship even though he couldn't. Draw up a single offensive play while on Gruden's quarterback camp show. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Derek, USC social work alumni, Redondo. Um, no, I don't think you need a mobile quarterback to win. Um, USC won without a mobile quarterback and Matt Liner. Um, they've won plenty of, you know, games that way. Now I, I think it's changed a lot. There's more of them. Uh, there's pluses and minuses. There's a lot of different things going on, but need. No, I don't, I don't think you need that. Um, I mean, Alabama win the championship this year, right? They have a mobile quarterback right now. They don't. They don't have a really great quarterback at all. They're still going to win. Um, they're still a good shot to win. So yeah, I think it's just not necessary. Now, at some schools, I think if you don't have, if you can't get the same kind of talent that an Alabama or Ohio State can get, and you you kind of, it's more of a gimmicky thing where you're you're creating that extra running back and you're creating some mismatches. And USC could be helped for sure if a quarterback that could. You know, you know, escape and get out of the pocket. And, and that's what I don't get about Cody Kessler is he is athletic enough and he's quick enough. And it's just, there's something there where they're either not letting him or he doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And we haven't seen him take off and run as much as we should have. And I think, I think there's missed opportunities there because I think he's got the ability, but I think it's more about the scheme and the system and they're just not doing it. So I, yeah. I, USC could definitely have one, depending on who the next coach is. You could have a mobile quarterback. You could have a guy that's not as mobile. But I don't think you need it. Let's see. The G, last one. He says, we were outplayed in every phase of the game. Vernon Adams embarrassed our secondary. Our offense looked confused, as does our defense. But we're still alive, and we can win the South Division and earn the right to uh, rematch with Stanford. If you were Coach Helton, what would you do to fix this in advance of the Who CLA game? The G. Um, there's no whole, not a whole lot you can really do the G, uh, in a week, you know? Um, and I think we saw them play probably their best football under Clay Helton at Oregon. I'm sorry, not at Oregon. Certainly not at Oregon. Uh, against Utah when they were number three in the country. Now Utah's lost three of their last five. It's not like they're a world beater kind of team, but that's when USC looked its best under Helton. Um, and they, since then, they really haven't looked that good. And I think there's some big problems with this team, and that's why when I went on the different shows, I picked UCLA to win this game. Uh is playing better football right now. Now, if USC plays up the potential, I mean, the is still favored in this game, which is crazy, but they were favored against Utah. They played up their potential, and they beat them. And if they play to their potential, they'll beat UCLA. They're a more talented team, in my opinion. You got a redshirt senior quarterback versus a true freshman quarterback who's a super talented true freshman, Um, and both teams got a bunch of injuries. The, the issue really for me is you have to be more aggressive on defense. I think there's, especially with the holes, the middle, I think the Wilcox philosophy will be they're a little worried about the middle linebacker spot, you know, losing two inside guys. So they're going to be more conservative, which I think is the exact wrong approach, the opposite. And really that's just a philosophy. Like you have to be even more aggressive. You know, you have to get after him. You have to make, take the game to Josh Rosen. Don't sit back and wait for Josh Rosen to maybe screw up. It's just not the – I just don't like that philosophy at all. So I think they have to be more aggressive on the defensive side of the football, for sure. And on offense, they have to change what they've been doing. It's not been pretty – there's great plays. And you watch the scoring drives, and it looks good. And the problem is, when you don't score, it's, it's you need to be, well, okay, that one just didn't quite work. Uh, it's a a little off or something. When they're when they're having a bad drive, it's like a go backwards, huge blow up negative plays. That there's a huge swing in good play to bad play. It's not the bad play isn't a two two and a half yard run off tackle. The bad play is a minus four yard run off tackle. You need to change that. Uh, you know the big ones. They'll they'll break a big run and. But they're really reliant on the huge, you know, the huge play. This UCLA defense, what do they do? They prevent big plays. They stop big plays. So they're going to force USC to drive the football and score on 10, 12 play scoring drives. The problem is there's a huge percentage of USC plays that are negative. And when you get a big negative play in college, it's hard to recover from that. You get a holding call. Is the drive pretty much dead? What? 80% of the time? I mean, yeah. So. USC has to avoid those negative plays on offense. It's not just about well, you got to hit this deep ball. You got that they're relying on the big play. They can't have these breakdowns where nobody on one side of the offensive line blocks anybody, and this the guys missed this assignment or drop the ball, or you're throwing the ball third and four. I mean, third and eight. And you're throwing it four yards. All that stuff. I don't think you can do and beat UCLA. Now, are they going to change all that this week? I I just don't think so. I mean, I I just they can win. They got to play really well though, and it'll be about being aggressive on defense, you know, forcing some turnovers, and really avoiding those negative plays that just kill drives. Because I think UCLA is going to make them drive the length of the field. All right, well that's going to wrap it up. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed the Paristyle Podcast Solo Edition with me. I got through all the kind of leftover <laughs> questions. Um, check out the site; we got a lot of coaching stuff going up. And I uh, hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy rivalry weekend, and we'll hope to see you out there at the Coliseum when USC takes on UCLA. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by USCfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.